Kristen Henning, our middle American reporter. I don't, I don't say she's middle American because she's not high or not low. <laughs> Middling. She's physically in the, in the middle of, of America in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, I guess, Chris, you were probably glad to get out of all the political palaver that was going on in your state and also your country when you took off for Spain late last year. It's always nice to get away from politics. Uh, but yeah, we were very happily ignoring most political news while we spent the month of November in Spain. Yeah, well, a wonderful suggestion, I think, both to get away and also to, to go to a place like Spain, which I've enjoyed. And uh, so I'm really happy to talk to you about what you've been doing. I gather you ended up touring the little white villages of uh, of southern Spain. Yeah, this was really fun for us because we had just come off of a um, an organized tour, which we organized, but it was, you know, planned and our, our, our itinerary was set ahead of time. And so just totally opposite of that, mm-hmm. uh, when we were finished with that, we trained from Madrid to Sevilla and we had no plans other than a couple of hotel bookings, which... I stumbled upon through some credits we had, and these were in very remote, tiny little towns in what is called the White Town or the White Village Circuit in Cadiz and Malaga. So we're talking in the central southern part of the Andalusia region. Yeah. And so we had the pleasant no choice of just hiring a car and heading out and we literally did no research on these towns we just had the hotel reservations (laughs) i think it's that's a great uh, decision i'm don't know that i'm necessarily quite that game in you know in some destinations but we we certainly enjoyed spain in a similar way to you although we had booked these things called paradors maybe we can talk about that at another time but it's a type of hotel a nationalized hotel chain that only spain i think and portugal uh, have but you, I think uh, Portugal does too. But that's a great way to um, come up with an itinerary, and it's yeah. sort of similar to what we did. We just had these destination hotels and no, nothing else, and started mm. from there. No, well, well, we might well talk about that. So you, you landed in Seville on your uh, on your train tri- trip. What was the train like from Madrid to Seville? Well, the trains in Spain are are phenomenal. They're uh, the train from Madrid to Sevilla is a fast train. Mm-hmm. I think we had one stop in Cordoba and that was it. So okay. it only takes a couple hours. You know, I was sort of wishing for more time on the train. Mm. Can you <laughs> and boom, you're already more? there. Can, I, I, I know there's a Barcelona-Madrid uh, connection. Again, that's probably high speed, is it? The Barcelona-Madrid train is a high-speed train or the the high-speed train, the, the AVE, it's called A-V yep. as in Victor E, yeah. uh, runs from Barcelona to Madrid and also Madrid to, I think, all the way down to Malaga, actually. Okay. So it goes through Cordoba and That'd be fun Sevilla to on the way to Malaga. It's only Granada, which is, I think they're talking about a fast train there, but I'm not sure if it exists yet. Granada's a little bit off the beaten path yes. in that Southern District. But very popular all the same. Well, Sevilla or Seville is the home of uh, a a lot of fantastic Spanish culture. Um, Did you go looking for for the dance? We we spent just a couple of days there because we 
needed to move on to our first hotel. So we revisited the cathedral, which is a must. It's perennially fascinating. Um, another site right near the cathedral that I highly recommend is the uh, Archives of the Indias, it's called. Uh, we didn't visit there this time, but it's it's a really fascinating archive of, among other things, the communication between Isabel and Columbus oh, as he was... Uh, getting the gold. Off, yeah, as he was off discovering whatever it was that they were calling the, the Indies. <laughs> ah, so, okay. uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, we stayed in a wonderful hotel there that was in a re constructed church and convent Uh, and then we went to the train station and caught our uh, picked up our rental car pretty easy driving in spain although they're 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 fast if you're on the main highways you know i yeah we find driving in spain to be quite good the the roads are marked very well they use generally kind of a roundabout system at major intersections there's everything from tollways to freeways so getting out of sevilla it's you know it's like getting out of any metro area and then mm. you're on a major highway and then pretty soon we were in the mountains heading to our first stop which is a little town in cadiz called olvera we were just bowled away by this mountain drive where the road did get narrow, but it was not dangerous. And, you know, just people minded their speed and their lanes pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and found that the countryside we were going through was totally, totally covered with olives as far as you could see. Just yeah. olive trees everywhere. Yeah, it's so nice. This whole countryside, it's rocky mountains and it's it's just olive groves, olives, 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 as yeah. far as you can see, yeah. um, in this particular district of Cadiz and, and Malaga. Right. The Olvera, the first town, is named so because of its historic production of olives and olive oil. Right. Um, but it is in this section of Cadiz that is really uh, was defensively uh, in the Middle Ages very important because it's so close to the Strait of Gibraltar, and so these uh, geologically there are these sort of isolated little mountains that are islands up from the valley, and then a castle on top. And these castles were all able to communicate with each other visually from one high point to another. Uh, right. In the case of Olvera, it's um, it's not a touristy town, It's but it's very well known in the region, and Spaniards come to visit it okay. for its old castle, um, Arabic castle, oh. and a church next to it, of course. <laughs> in this case, yeah. the church is not that special, neoclassical, yeah. but it's on the White Village circuit, and it, it has a couple of great restaurants, the hotel we stayed in was nothing great, but we could look at our balcony and look across to this rock configuration, all of the white houses and shops, and then at the top, this monumental castle and church. So it was, it was just very hard to stop taking pictures of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can understand. And we have, we uh, remind the, the audience, of course, we're in the, cruise, in the middle of the Crusades area. So yes. uh, the guys looking out from their castle uh, perch 
would be wondering, you know, is are the Moors coming to knock off the Catholics? So uh, where are the others in the middle of all of this? But you see That's a right. lot of evidence of um, multiple occupation of the one site by various religious groups, don't you? Absolutely, and it went it, it went back and forth, up and back across Spain, except for the very northern part was all um, Moorish at some point. And, of course, in 1492, the same year that Columbus was, we shall say, rediscovering yeah, America, well, yeah. um, that was, of course, the year that uh, Isabel and Ferdinand, you can say, expelled the Jews, or rather expelled them or gave them a choice of converting, if that's a choice, and same with the Moors. So this was a a huge turning point culturally, and it's why so much of the architecture of Spain is so fascinating, because you'll see the Mudejar with the Islamic influence and the Jewish and the Christian architecture Mm. all on top of each other. Yeah, we found that fascinating in numerous locations too, not Mm -hmm. only Toledo, which is probably the heart of a lot of the of that activity. One other thing about Olvera but that I wanted to mention before we took off is that it is a gateway to one of the Via Verdes, a greenway that's an old railroad track that's been converted for bikers, hikers, and horseback riders. Oh, right. And there's a wonderful little um, converted couple of rail cars to, as a hotel. There's an interpretive center there, which gives information about the whole trail. This section of the trail is only about 40 kilometers, but there's a rather famous, huge rookery of uh, griffin vultures along this trail, and very popular <laughs> with Spanish uh, nature enthusiasts for okay. hikes and And any and riders who fall off the bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, there, it... there will be vultures waiting. Yeah, well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Uh, so could you hire a bike and do a 40-kilometer loop or something? Yeah, exactly. They okay. have um, bikes for rent right there at the uh, at the station. Wow, that's a good tip, uh, Chris. Yeah. I know you it's love wonderful. a bike. You, you and uh, Tom took off on your e-bikes around uh, parts, uh, parts foreign. Uh, yeah. But you were and in I, the car this time, so uh, it was just a quick walk, was it? And I, I didn't even really know that Andalusia had this such a great network but altogether there are 500 kilometers of these via verde the greenway sort of trails that's fantastic actually yeah have to have a look at that myself yes then we did hop in our car and again we were in these we we had done no research so we were just happily rolling around through the mountains heading south to a town called castellar de la frontera another castle on a hill on the border is how that's roughly translated. Right. And we noticed it was getting more and more scenic and that there were little pullovers off the road to stop and appreciate the vista. So we pulled over and walked up this little knoll and we were looking at each other going, is that is that the rock of Gibraltar? <laughs> it, it, there it was. And before our eyes, we had no idea that we were that close that we could view it. It was at that point about maybe 20 miles away and just absolutely recognizable and spectacular. Oh, okay. So that was a fun surprise. Yeah. And then we p- 
pulled into the little town of Castellar, where our second hotel stay was, and the hotel is in the castle. It, it is absolutely spectacular. It's a walled castle city, which currently has 18 residents. Wow. And fantastic. Ho- yeah, all there is is the hotel and a restaurant and a couple of shops. That's it. That's it. Oh, yep. well, that must have been an experience. And it was wonderful. Sort of, um, were you sleeping in a, a grand room with a 28-foot ceiling or what? what we were, yes, a grand room with a high ceiling and a balcony which looked out over the walls of the castle to in this, right below this castle is a lake which I don't remember the name of, but it's it was man-made, created by a dam to mm. collect water and help the agriculture in the area. So, gorgeous view that way, and out the other direction is the Rock of Gibraltar. So, wow. we we didn't need to do anything but just gawk over the views and go up to the roof and take more pictures and yeah. walk around and enjoy it. Well, I mean, that you said you'd done no research. You were doing it on the run. I mean, I think <laughs> that's, that's right. perfectly valid. I, you know, um, there's there's some opportunities for people listening if they want to have an experience. A dozen odd years ago when, when my wife and I drove around Spain, we just took off from Barcelona, drove down the east coast and round mm-hmm. and up to Madrid. But And the little white towns came along, as we'll hear in a minute. But it's a wonderful place to, to visit and very, very easy to to get along with people. If, if you don't speak Spanish, you can just point and and make gestures and you, we never got refused. <laughs> that is that is true. I mean, even as we pulled into Olvera, for example, we were a little confused about where the hotel was and we started to pull up a road and, we, and immediately had second thoughts. It looked like it might have been one way the other way. And, you know, there are three gentlemen standing outside the bar who were like, no, 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 you must, you, you probably want this hotel up that way. And they, right. you know, they're yeah. speaking in Spanish and pointing us in the right direction. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very, very helpful. Well, that sounds good. So uh, now I think you're about to tell me about Rhonda, aren't you? Well, Rhonda is spectacular. And Rhonda, just geographically, is a little bit uh, east of the two towns we talked about and it's in the province of Malaga not far from Malaga and yes it is very popular and rightly so there's a, a lot to see there I think a lot of its popularity has come from Hemingway references yeah um, that might be what attracted you to it well actually to be honest I didn't know much about Hemingway in in Ronda, I knew more about the other p- parts of Spain that he'd visited, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it was actually a pleasant, very pleasant surprise when we pulled into our our stay there, which was the old town hall, which is now the Parador, and there was a portrait of Hemingway in the lounge area, and I thought, oh, there's a connection, and mm-hmm. uh, then I found the bull ring, and I said, oh, well, that's possibly the, you know, um, a further connection, but it, it's all all meshed into one now i think but it's a i think the striking thing for us was that as you drive towards this town it's very obviously is it a mesa am i using the right geographic term it sits right up on this mesa with a valley running all around it virtually right right and um yeah i guess it is a mesa uh i don't know how far it extends 
around the town, but it, it's, yeah, it's just huge valley in all directions. Mm. And then through the town, what makes it so spectacular is this steep river gorge and the uh, very steep, very narrow. And it's hard to believe that the town even developed on both sides of it, but Absolutely. there is an old bridge mm. and a new bridge. The new bridge is 18th century, I think, and that's that was the second attempt at a new bridge because the first one collapsed during construction. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that was not not good for those construction workers. But they did complete the bridge in the 18th century, the new bridge. And now uh, the Parador you mentioned is a fine example of Paradors because it has a great view of that gorge and the town and the valley. It's in an historic building like so many of the Paradors are in Spain. Mm. And uh, in fact, it's right across the plaza from the bullring. And it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so for a lot of people now, I think that the attraction is that it's kind of near Malaga. You can get to it, this spectacular gorge and the surrounding area, but also the history um, of bullfighting is very, very strong here. The bullfighting ring there is one of the first and, and most highly regarded of the, all the bull rings in Spain. They, it is now a museum, and uh, there's a a lot of information about the history of bullfighting. They only run the bulls in Ronda one week out of the year now in September. Right. But it's also used, uh, there are big stables there, and it's used for equestrian events and training. So ah. that's another big part of Spain's heritage, as you know. And yeah. uh, so th it's good to see that the equestrian part of it is still viable. Well, I love the wooden bench seats with uh, mm -hmm. worn by the bottoms of the uh, intelligentsia <laughs> over the years. Uh, it's right. interesting, you know, if you just go up into the grandstand, not that it's very grand, but it is a place to sit. And I'm thinking, well, I wonder if Hemingway sat here or maybe Picasso was here. Oh, exactly. And Picasso, who was born in Malaga, certainly spent time in Ronda. Uh, did, did you know, by the way, that uh, when you buy tickets, or when you used to buy tickets for bullfights, that there are generally uh, two prices, the shade prices and the sunny prices. So if you're sitting oh. in the sun, it's cheaper than sitting in the shade. Oh, is that right? I had no idea about that. <laughs> that oh, is no, true. That sounds fantastic. And uh, look, the cobblestones... As you walk into the bullring, like onto the main arena of the bullring, I, I just imagine them right here, right now, echoing with the hooves of uh, of the animals that were being, you know, marched in to do battle. Uh, That's or, right. Or a horse or whatever, you know. It, it, it uh, had yeah. a wonderful ring uh, to it, and I really enjoyed that uh, visit to the bullring. And this is a town that plays up its history a bit. There are carriage rides that you can have. Um, around the town, so that's something we didn't do, but uh, it made for a good uh, photo for me actually at one point going over the bridge. So we had a lot of fun walking around this town, and mm. we had we had good food as well. But we we spent a couple of days just covering um, pretty much every museum that we could fit in, and there's there's some really interesting stuff. There are Arab baths in that are. It's a, a good walk because you're going to go down to the river level in one end of town and see the ruins of Arabic baths, which were really fascinating. There is a castle of the 
Casa of the Moorish King, uh, which is really barely, the ruins are barely there, but they've recovered enough to give it a good educational feel. And it's very uh, good for children to visit to see how how things have been discovered and and restored. Mm. And one of the big surprises for me, getting back to Picasso, is that the artist Joaquin Penado, who was from Ronda and was a friend and cohort of Picasso's, has a museum there in an old palace. And it's a fabulous museum. I really was surprised how little I knew about Penado. Mm. <laughs> his, his art is... You know, he's contemporary of Picasso, it's modern art, but this museum also had many pieces of Picasso that I think are part of their permanent collection, and I saw Picasso styles in that museum that I've never seen before. Wow, well, that's that's fascinating. Shortly after we got back from this trip to Spain, we learned from the Spain Tourist Office and Malaga Tourism that 2023, being the 50th anniversary of Picasso's death, is a a huge worldwide celebration of Picasso with special exhibits, primarily in Spain and in France, but all over the world. So uh, okay. people well, can go to the Spain.info site and look for Picasso events. Fantastic. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good thing to do. Now, you are also about to go back to Spain um, in a few months' time. Yeah, we we were using our little bit of time to kind of do some research and, and we've put together a custom tour just for a small group, 12 people in uh, Andalusia. We're starting in Madrid, do a, a really good day trip to Toledo and then the rest of the time in Andalusia because that's really in our minds, it's just the essence of Spain. You just feel like you're really getting into Spanish culture when you're in Andalusia. So, sure. yeah, we're going to visit Sevilla, Cordoba, Granada, and uh, finish up in Malaga. We'll Anyone start around in the world could join you if you've got space? Absolutely. we got three spots left. Anyone we'd love to have join us. We have three spots, and we're traveling uh, from Madrid starting April... 12th. Okay, April so 12th to 22nd. We'll, we'll publish a link in case anybody's interested. Um, I find uh, Chris fascinating to talk to. And I'm sure uh, if she was there walking down the streets with you, she knows an awful lot about uh, the whole world of, of, uh, of Spain. And so, Tom, uh, even and more. Tom, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I forget Tom, but I don't talk to Tom as much as I talk to you. Uh, He's a walking encyclopedia. It's terrific. To, uh, to talk to somebody who loves, who loves it as much as you clearly do. I am really looking forward to talking to you more about both Sevilla and Malaga after this April trip. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll dig up some good stories there. And we always connect with local people to give us insights and, you know, fun things to do that we, that, you know, people can't normally do. So If I didn't have a radio show to put together, I'd come and join you. <laughs> I wish you would. It's a bit hard to do from the other side of the world. I can do interviews anywhere, but it's just yeah. technical pulling together of everybody else's interviews. Oh, maybe you can me, just uh, like have to stay home more often than maybe not. you can stockpile some and then come join us. Australians would be more than welcome. Well, Chris, another fascinating conversation with you today, and uh, we'll look forward to more. And people interested in visiting Spain or learning, just learning more about Spain. Uh, I'll also, we'll also publish a link to Chris's writing 
on Spain, some of the pieces we've talked about before, uh, you'll find on her website, which is travelpast5050.com. Yep. That's right. Thanks so much.